Okay, good morning everyone. Um, this is interesting. Uh, this is all new for us. Uh, this is what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. We are in interesting times. Um, I hope you're well and healthy at the moment. Uh, if you're in that category of having to self-isolate, I hope you're coping with that. We're in that category at the moment. Uh, my son has a cough, uh, no other symptoms. The rest of us are fine but we're all having to adhere to the rules, which I encourage you all to do as well, because we all wanna get through this and come out the other side as quick as we can. So if we can all adhere to the rules, um, I'd really encourage you to do that. Um, so this is what we're gonna try and do over the next few weeks. Uh, we're gonna try and do uh, sermons online. We are gonna try and do worship online. There'll be uh, in our YouTube channel um, some worship songs that Dave Gad, the great Dave Gad, has uh, put onto the channel as well. We'd encourage you to gather together in your homes as couples, as individuals, as families and worship together and then um, either gather around the Word of God or do some kids work together. Angie's also sent out this week some kids work stuff which I'd again I'd really encourage you to get alongside your, if you've got kids in that age bracket, get alongside your kids, do stuff with your family in this time. It's really important that we do stuff together as families um, because this is new ground for us. Uh, as uh, uh, you've probably heard this week, Adam is in currently in self-isolation. His health is improving and all being well. He should be doing this next week, so you should see him on video. So I, I kind of have this strange peace with all that is happening at the moment. I think there might be harder times to come, but I do believe that God will use this time for his glory. I believe that. As I've said in other communications this week, this is an important time for us as a church. We must really look out for each other, people in our connect groups, those who may have to self-isolate for long periods of time. If you're watching this and you're in that category, why don't you look on our website and uh, drop us, find an email, send us an email and see how we can be of assistance in a really difficult time. Uh, let's keep connected with one another. Let's call one another. Let's text, um, video call. We are very fortunate in the West to have all of this technology at our fingertips. I've been calling and FaceTiming, video calling this week more than I have done in my whole life this week. And... Do you know what? I've really enjoyed it. I've been able to spend time in, in my living room, Gemma and I, just speaking to people, um, and it's been really good to keep connected. So keep going. You can phone people the old-fashioned way. People like to hear a voice, rather than just texting or messaging on different social, social media platforms. Um, if the broadband can cope with it all. We really should stay connected as we can with what feels like at the moment the scattered church, doesn't it? We feel like we're a bit scattered in how the church was in Acts, but we need to stay connected with one another. It's really crucial at this time. So throughout these weeks and what will probably be months, we have to adapt. We, there'll be opportunities to serve one another. There may be opportunities to serve our community. We're speaking with other community groups about the possibilities of what we can do, about maybe uh, phoning befrienders or uh, calling, so calling lonely and isolated people or helping up people out with 
getting supplies, that sort of thing. We've also got people in our church who can offer practical uh, advice in navigating the benefit system on how to manage money in difficult times. I'm currently looking into how we can do an online alpha. Lots of exciting opportunities that we can all get involved in. Even if that's just checking on your neighbours from a safe distance, obviously. Um, calling people, just phone, giving people a phone call to see how they're doing. We can all, as a church, get involved. We can have faith that God is working all things together for his good and his glory. So, let's see what we can do as individuals as we reach out and we can show the love of God. Can I encourage you, as Adam did in his, hopefully you've seen Adam's update, um, to keep giving as well. There will be opportunities to give online. You can find our details on the website at uh, hopechurch7oaks.org forward slash give. Uh, that will go into the help fund and other areas where uh, the church still needs to keep moving. As I said before, I, I think we'll get better at this online stuff uh, as we go forward with scriptures on screen maybe and some sort of interaction. Um, but for now, the, this week it's just me and uh, the, the Word of God. We're just going to dig into that. Next week, Adam will be speaking um, and that will be good. So, can I encourage you? We're going to carry on in our Luke series to grab your Bibles. So, church, you can grab your Bibles. Find Luke chapter 10. And we're going to go from chapter 10, verse 38. So I'll just give you a few moments to find that. Or actually, you could just pause me now whilst you find that. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, if you are new to uh, Hope Church or joining us for the first time, we have been going through... Uh, the Gospel of Luke, and we are in a fascinating place right now. Uh, the very, and it's very pertinent for where we are in the world as well, and what's going on. Last week, Herman looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan, and this week we are looking. Uh, the story moves on to Martha and Mary, another well-known story. And what's interesting about this is that the Good Samaritan in the story wasn't worried about coming into contact with the wounded man. Unlike the priest and the Levite, he went and paid for the man to stay in the inn. He cared for them, made sure he recovered. He showed grace to the man, even though they were from a different race. And I'm sure, too, we will have opportunities to care and show compassion for others and not be afraid of what might happen to us. Of course, being sensible, God gives us common sense as well, um, but God is going to give us opportunities to care for the vulnerable. And this week, as we look at the story of Martha and Mary, we see how Martha was rushing around and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And we are now in a, we're forced into a time where uh, we have time on our hands. We've got less opportunities to rush around and be busy, busy, busy. So what choices we will make, at, what choices will we make as we have this kind of enforced time of lack of movement? So let's read the Bible together from Luke 10, verse 38. I'm reading from the ESV version this, this morning. So from verse 38, 
It says, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. This is quite a well-known story of the differences of the sisters. One is busy, always fussing around, another just wanting to know more and take in all that Jesus has to say. But we see Martha starts well in verse 38. It says, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She offers hospitality to Jesus. She wants to greet him and she wants to serve him. So she starts really well. Then in the very next verse, um, <clears throat> verse 39, we're introduced to her sister. It says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. The, the first comment I, I would just make on this is that it is unusual for a man and woman to be in such close contact who don't know each other. Uh, male and female would have been divided in ancient times and they didn't particularly intermingle. Mary wanted to be a true disciple though of Jesus. To sit at someone's feet meant to study with that person or to become their disciple. Like Paul said, he was educated at the feet of Gamaliel in Acts 22, verse 3. We start to see now in this verse the contrast between the two sisters. Mary is choosing to take in Jesus' teaching, listening to what he has to say. But we see what happens in verse 40, that Martha was distracted with much serving. It would appear she's doing it all by herself. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. I mean, straight away there are huge statements from Martha here and it really reveals her heart. Firstly, I mean, she started off well being hospitable, but then she ignores the guest that she's invited in with much serving. She's too busy to learn from the Lord, the one she's heard about, the promised Messiah. And we could think, well, she's, her, she's serving him, though, and she's working hard for him. Surely she should be the one out of the sisters that should be commended. She's grafting. She thinks, I'm doing it for you, Lord. If anyone deserves the praise, it should be me. I am busy, busy, busy. Secondly, she says, Lord, do you not care? She falls into the trap of self-pity. She falls into that trap that all of mankind have been falling into from the beginning. Does God really care? Does he really know what's best for me? We, we start to see her heart coming out. We start to see the older brother attitude from the brother in the prodigal son. <coughs> then 
Thirdly, she tells Jesus what to do. Tell her then to help me. Wow, she tells Jesus what to do. Have you ever prayed like that or heard others do that when they're praying? They're making suggestions to God on what he should do. Now, especially in times like this, we should be very careful in our prayers. God is in control of all that is happening. At his word, it will stop. He is on his throne yesterday, today and forever. And she's complaining to Jesus. He is not doing the things the way she would do it. Jesus, tell her. Martha's expecting Jesus to shoo Mary back into the kitchen. But his rebuke is not aimed at Mary. It's aimed at Martha. Martha, Martha. The use of her name twice is the sign of emotion. He is being tender with her. It's like when I speak to my kids when they're exasperated, which will probably happen quite a lot over the next few weeks as we are in our own self-isolation. When I speak to my kids when they're exasperated, like, oh, Nancy, Nancy. It's that tenderness. That's the kind of uh, tone that is coming from Jesus. Despite that woman being grumpy, Jesus is compassionate with her. Let's read his response again. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. She's trying to put a spread on for Jesus, but she doesn't realise if she, that if she were only to just stop for a moment, she can feast on his teaching. She would see that he hasn't come to be served, but to serve. She's invited the king of glory in and then gone about her business. We can so easily read this and think, how in the wrong is she? But we can all do it. We hear about Jesus, a saviour. We invite him in and then we just carry on. We carry on only allowing him to have the occasional input into our lives. We don't want to invite Jesus in and then ignore what he has to say to us. One of the reasons we might be struggling in this moment that we're in in the world right now is because we live in a Martha world, but we're in a Mary moment. Where we've almost been forced to stop. The busyness is coming to a halt. The Martha world is slowing down and the merry moment is coming. We can sit at his feet. We can let our day start with and finish with him. Can I encourage you to do that? Not even with all that's going on in the world today. Let your day start with him and finish with him not the latest news update. You don't need an hourly update of the news. Let him still your heart and your mind. Don't look at the storm around you, look at him. We've 
got to a place where we're just kind of looking at the news once a day now. Maybe when um, the Prime Minister makes his announcements around tea time. That, and, and trying to not shield our children from all that's going on, but not letting them hear constant information about all that's going on from different news channels. When I started planning this sermon, it was weeks ago, and I was planning on talking about how busy we all are and how most people like to wear busyness as a badge of honour these days. Like being busy or how busy we are is a measure of our success. And we can commit ourselves to so many things which we've, in our minds we've justified as good and acceptable. Clubs for our kids, jobs that need doing, exercise classes, meeting up with friends. But when we're too busy to sit at Jesus' feet, I would suggest this is something that we should all do on a daily basis. If we're too busy for that, we're in trouble. I uh, just wanted to recommend a book that I've been reading. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, I read it uh, a few weeks back and it's really challenged me. Uh, he, he says in this book, he quotes Corrie ten Boom. He says, and she said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Sin and busyness have the same effect. They cut off your connection to God, to other people and even to your own soul. The author comments in, in the book that when you ask people uh, how they are, <coughs> excuse me, how they, they normally answer with, oh good, they're good, just busy. Everyone says that these days. Everyone's busy. There's good busyness when we're doing work that is useful, but Jesus was busy, but he didn't waste his life. He didn't waste his life on empty leisure or trivial pursuits. His life was full of things that matter. We have lots of things to do, too much to do. The only way we can keep up is to spend our lives in perpetual hurry. If, if you can, I recommend that you buy this book and we'll send out um, uh, information about what it is and I think Amazon are still operating at the moment. You'll be able to get it delivered to your door, I'm sure. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's very helpful, very insightful. I found it really challenging myself. This is not something I find easy to do. I probably sway between Martha and Mary on where I'm at. But this guy in the book talks about the, how busyness is a major distraction for our spiritual lives. That our culture of busyness, hurry and overload, leads to one, God becoming marginalised, which leads to two, a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to three, Christians becoming more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions on how to live, which leads to four, conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload. And we are never at our best. We are never close to God, never at our most loving when we are busy, busy, busy. My worst moments are when I'm late, when I'm trying to get everyone out the door, when I'm getting through a list of to-do jobs that I'm, on, that I'm behind on. We live in the lie that we must be on the go all the time. We are hurrying ourselves into spiritual oblivion. I just wanted to read a quote from this book. He, 
he again he quotes another person called Ronald Rollhauser. He's a Catholic writer, and it says this. It says we, for every kind of reason, good and bad, are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. It is not that we have anything against God, depth and spirit. We would like these, it's just that we're habitually too preoccupied to have any of these show up on our radar screens. We're more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual, more interested in the movie theatre, the sports stadium, the shopping mall, the fantasy life that they produce in us than we are in church. Pathological busyness, distraction and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. Wow. Isn't that true? We can be so easily distracted. And Jesus, though, was always in the moment. He was never in a rush. He was always in the moment. When people were calling him to come and heal someone, my, my relative is dying. He was never in a rush. He was never hurried. He was always in the moment. He observed things. The, the birds in the air, the flowers in the field. And we now, we have a great opportunity to stop and be with Jesus right now. It'd be so easy to watch more and more TV, be attached to our screens right now. But can I urge you to use technology to stay connected with people. Don't be sucked in to the endless Netflix sets, constant news, news feeds. We have a great opportunity now to reorder our priorities. Suffering always reorders priorities. Nobody on their deathbed wishes they spent more time in the office or more time watching TV or more time watching mindless videos on the internet. Your phone, your TV, your computer, your tablet is screaming for your attention. But now is the time. Now is the time to sit at Jesus' feet to start and end your day with Jesus. Don't start and end your day with your phone in your face. Take time to read the word of God. Take time to read books about the Bible. There is so, listen to podcasts as well that will edify you. There is so much more that can be said on technology in that book. <coughs> but you need to read it. You need to be challenged by it. Be different for the sake of your walk. Be different for the sake of our children. Be different for those around us. Be like Mary. Choose the one thing that counts, and that is to be with him, to sit and reflect on Jesus' teaching and the kingdom of God. It is the only way you'll find peace right now in the midst of all that's going on. Only way you'll find peace. If you're watching this and you don't know what it is like to be in a relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is ask him. Ask him to forgive you. Thank him for the cross and ask him to come into your life. Only there will you find peace. Only there will you get what your soul desires. Now, if you want that, if you want that relationship with Jesus, if you want that peace that surpasses understanding that Christians say that they have in the midst of all that is going on, then all you need to do is pray right now.
and I'm going to pray and you can just say these words after me. So Lord, I ask you to forgive me for turning your, my back on you. Thank you that you died for me on the cross. Now please come and take first place in my life and by the help of your Holy Spirit, come and fill me and help me follow you. Amen. If you've done that, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, contact us on social media. There you'll find peace. Only by sitting at Jesus' feet, come into this merry moment from the Martha world. And I just wanted to recommend, as you've got time to, to study some books, this is a really easy book to follow at the moment uh, as we're going through Luke. It is by Fillmore, Straight to the Heart series, um, quite uh, cheap, I think. And uh, this, again, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Now, that is it for this week. Um, we'll be in contact, posting more videos uh, as the weeks go by. Now, uh, I hope you enjoy that. I hope you've enjoyed worshipping together. I hope you've uh, enjoyed this as much as you can. Um, and we just long to be with you again, but we will... Um, be in contact in the coming weeks. Now, and that is the end. Now you can now go and help yourself to tea and coffee in your own house with your own tea and coffee and it could be amazing. You can even have a cheeky bit of toast or something, whatever it is, but I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you uh, soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>